I took my first job when I was about 14 years old, and uh, my brother, about five years older than me, was working at the local cemetery and uh, for another man, and it was a big cemetery, and he did lawn work there, and he said, hey Bryce, it was the summer, he said, uh, you interested in coming and making a little money? Yes. Yeah. Why not? I love money. <laughs> 14 year old, I could do a lot with a little cash, and so it wasn't much money. I think I probably made, I don't know, $3 an hour or something. But uh, I got the job uh, not only because I was willing to make money, but it allowed me the opportunity to work with certain machinery that I didn't have at home. I thought I might be sitting on one of those great lawn tractors and riding, but I realized that was for the senior people. <laughs> Uh, what I got to do was carry a big, giant weed eater. But it wasn't the little tiny ones. I mean, these were the, the big ones, the ones you have to tap on the ground to get the string to feed out, and two-cycle engines, you get to mix gasoline and oil, and a lot of fun, you know, cranking them up and letting them roar. And once I got the hang of it, I realized not only was I willing to do it, but, you know, with a little training, I was able to do it. And I realized it was very important that you didn't cut the grass too low because it took about three weeks for it to recover. And people coming to visit their loved one um, there well, would not appreciate it. But we would weed eat around hundreds and hundreds of headstones through the cemetery. And I remember after, uh, certain days after doing that for about five hours of holding the handle down here and the handle here, I would literally have to peel and pry my fingers off because they, they just would not open anymore. And I'm not sure if that was good or not, but it, it felt pretty cool. I felt quite grown up. So I learned in my very first job not only the joy of willingness, but also the ability to do something and to do it okay. And to see those two ideas blended together uh, is a wonderful thing. That's just what I want us to, to hear from the Scripture this morning because it's part of what God tells us out of the book of Exodus, chapters 35 and 36, is the idea of being willing, willing to serve God, and then seeing how God provides the ability for us, how God makes us capable to do the things that He's called us into. Because where God guides us, He will always provide for us in the midst. He will equip us to do that to which He's called us, and those always go together. But it begins with a willing heart. We have to be men and women, boys and girls, who are willing to follow after God, and then we watch how He will make us competent and able to do the work to which He's called us, willing and able. Today's we're going to do uh, in September uh, two two parts of uh, a, a discipleship idea, really centered around stewardship. And um, today we're going to be talking about being willing and able. In two weeks' time, we'll uh, look at. At the, the great reality out of this story that uh, there was so much, people were so generous that they had to ask them to stop giving because they couldn't do anything with the, the excess and how wonderful that is. So this morning we're going to look at just a couple of verses. I'm going to try to summarize some things uh, for time's sake. Uh, this is uh, the book of Exodus and the part of the book is right after Moses has been given the second set of the Ten Commandments. You might remember the first set had been broken um, uh, in response to the people's idolatry, and God had provided them um, a second set. Moses had requested to see the glory of the Lord, and this comes right on the heels of that. The, the people are invited now to participate together in the building of their portable church, their, their portable tabernacle. It was a great tent that could be packed up and moved to different locations. And so God calls people not only to come and to give 
in the effort, but then he calls out certain people that he filled with capabilities to uh, do the works of art and the, the participate in those practical functions to actually build these materials and things with their own hands. In chapter 35, verse 21, it describes this. The invitation is this, that everyone who was willing and whose heart was stirred in him, they came and they gave. This idea of willingness, out of these two chapters, more than seven different times in different ways, this idea of willingness is mentioned over and over, both to those who were willing to come and give out of their own resources and those who had certain capabilities to come and give those capabilities into the service of the Lord. This willingness is so important to God. I I used to love watching Western films when I was growing up, and I learned later in life that one of my dad's favorite actors was John Wayne. Do you remember John Wayne? The Duke, right? I mean, the quintessential cowboy. Awesome. John Wayne was a rootin', tootin', six-gun shootin' cowboy, right? He He was the epitome of Western life to my young eyes growing up. And you might remember John Wayne when he'd be walking into a saloon, chink, chink, chink. You know, you remember? And there were certain scenes when you'd just see him, he'd rear back his leg and kick open the the saloon doors. And here he was, he'd enter into that space and you knew who was in charge, right? John Wayne is in town. John Wayne is in the house. You better pay attention. But you know, the interesting thing, the way God works, sometimes we, we think maybe God would work in a similar way, that He just comes crashing in to our lives. But that, that's not the way God generally works with us, that God wants to work in a gentle way. God wants to work in a wooing way. God comes um, with tenderness toward us, and, and He draws us, and He invites you and me to participate with Him in the work that He's about, in the things that are important to Him And then He invites us to align our lives, to to structure our lives around that invitation so that our lives might then be be described as faithful responders to the faithful God. That is the way that God works with us. It's an invitation. And so our response, if we're to be people like they were in Exodus who are are willing, it means that we, we have an availability to God. We, we hold up our hands and we say, God, I am available to you. Everything I have really is yours. If you need something, teach my heart to be generous in participating in the things that you would call me to, to give to. Help me, God, to prioritize my calendar so that you're at the center of the way that I, I choose my schedule and use my time. Everything, I'm available to you. But availability isn't just a passive emotion or a passive attitude. Now, I want to uh, try to explain it this way. When my family was uh, in British Columbia for a week this past summer, we were, I didn't know British Columbia had desert-like areas. Susan, that was a revelation to me. But we were in an arid, desert-like space in British Columbia, and it was hot. And it was really dry. And the, um, the apartment area, the, the townhomes that we were in, there was a swimming pool. And part of the swimming pool was a slide that we could go down. Well, the kids could. So they were so excited. And uh, they got all dressed. And, and we got to the, the, uh, the water slide. And, and was the water slide great, Jake? Nah. Now tell the truth. Nah, it kind of wasn't, was it? I think it was a defective water slide. I don't know if it's because the area was so hot or what, because 
the first time they got on the water slide, the water's flowing, and they kind of sat there assuming that gravity and the flow of the water would just kind of push them down, but it didn't work so well, did it? In fact, uh, you know, they, if you've ever watched the water slides, you can often see them at the front, and then they start doing these curly cues, they just disappear for a while, and you hope they're going to emerge somewhere at the end. So I'm waiting there at the end, and, and here comes both Jake and then Owen, and they kind of three-fourths of the way down, they're like sitting there still. <laughs> and they're like, reep, reep, you know, pushing themselves down to get to the end. But then they began to watch how the other kids were, were doing the water slide. And they, they learned this, that you don't, you don't just sit passively on top of the water and let it carry you down. This water slide didn't work that way. They learned that you had to take a few steps back. Now, as a parent, you're like, wet concrete, plastic metal, Nothing happened. It was okay. Sometimes you just let them go. And they would take about five long strides. And they learned... Have you ever watched the bobsled in the Olympics? It was just like that. They pushed in that bobsled and they whipped their legs up and bam, right on their bottoms. Whew! Did that give you the, uh, the momentum you needed to get down to the end? Yeah, it was great. So you see, for them, they, it was a great picture that availability and desire is not always just a static, passive Situation. They didn't sit on the water slide and expect the water just to carry them down to where they needed to be. They had to have an active participation in it. And that's very similar to what we find with the people here. That their availability and their willingness over and over, the, the invitation from God is those who are willing, won't you come? Those who are willing and stirred of heart, won't you come and give? Those who are willing and, and able to share of the, the, the gifts that you've been given, the abilities, won't you come and share? It's an active availability to God. It's not a passive response. And so we engage with God and our availability is demonstrated with our action. You see, a willing heart is eager to participate in God's work. A willing heart joyfully shares that which we've been given. A willing heart serves to please God, not to impress other people. That's not the motivation for our work. A willing heart focuses on what he or she has not on what others have, because a willing heart learns that God has given me things that He may not have given you. And God has given you things that He may not have given me. But God expects you and me to bring what I've been given and to lay it before the Lord so that the church might be built up and so that God's kingdom might be the full, the full emphasis and impact on the earth that He desires it to be. But my, my interest isn't to be in what I don't have or pining away for what someone else has been given, but to learn to appreciate that which God has given me and to maximize that for the glory of God. You know, in baseball, um, I, I, growing up watching it, I know that there's some differences between the National League. So ba professional baseball is divided into two big groups. There's the National League and the American League. And there's some slight rule differences in each league. The American League has what's called the designated hitter. And if you're not familiar with baseball, the designated hitter is like this. Most of the time in baseball, if you play a position in the field, if you're center fielder or catcher or second base, you also are required to bat. And the two go hand in hand. There's a particular batting order that can't be changed. Uh, you can't, well, I mean, you can't adjust it, but it has to be followed in the way that it's been laid out. Except in the American League... You can have one player in the game that maybe is not a strong hitter, 
But he's a great shortstop. But maybe he cannot hit the ball for anything. So you could take and you can replace at when that person's slot in the batting order comes up, you can insert a designated hitter. The designated hitter doesn't play in the field. And the, the batter that he's replacing doesn't bat at all. And so a team is able to take and a, a baseball coach is able to maximize the abilities of the team by saying, this guy is a great fielder, so I'm going to put him out in the field, but he's a terrible batter. And so I'm going to take this great batter who cannot field, he can't track down a ball, he cannot field a, a grounder for anything, but he can hit the fire out of the ball. And so I'm going to let him be a designated hitter, and then I'm going to let this other guy play in the field. And then sometimes you get people who are pinch runners. Sometimes a batter will get on base, but maybe that batter is not very quick. And maybe there's another player on the bench who's a lot faster, but maybe he's not a very good hitter. And so one time a game, you can insert this pinch runner, um, or that runner can run one time in place. My point is this, is that there are different roles on a baseball team, and very specific roles sometimes, but when a team that is unified and is able to take all of the gifts and all of the blessings that have been given to those players and to maximize and use them rightly in concert with each other, then the team is able to function at its optimal level. And it's a similar way with the church, that God has given different gifts and, and allowed us different uh, ways of working with Him. But we have to be able to see a willing heart as being able to focus on what God has given me and to be thankful for that and then just turn it back over in gratitude to Him in the way that I serve God by serving the church. You see, a willing heart serves the church gratefully. The declaration of the willing heart is very simply this. God, won't you please use me any way that you desire? Won't you use me any way that you desire? So we see, if, if you go back and read chapters 35 and 36 later today or this week, you'll see it's, it's really an interesting account of the willingness of the people, the people who gave themselves, made themselves available for the work of God and eagerly and joyfully entered into that work. And then we also see those who are, who are able to do things. In chapter 36, verse 1, it describes those who had been given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary and to do the work just as the Lord had, had instructed them. Every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability. They were going to make things like the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the table for the showbread, the lampstand for the light, the altar of incense, the curtain to the entryway of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offerings, the bronze basin, the courtyard curtains, I mean, big visible things. Some of them are going to be making tent pegs and ropes, things that sometimes don't feel or seem all that important or they're not all that visible. Then they were going to make the, the clothing for the priests. I mean, all of these things, people who God had given abilities were going to come and bring those abilities to bear in this particular instance to help build the tabernacle. You and I are all skilled by God to serve Him in the ways that He has decided and, and is pleased in the way that we would serve. When, when you and I give our lives to Christ, here's what the Bible says. When we give our lives over to the Lord Jesus, God says that His Spirit comes and fills us. And when God's Spirit is in us, you are equipped and led by the Spirit to do work in the church that you wouldn't do or be able to do otherwise. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. To each one 
A manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. You see, God will come and take all of His followers because we're sealed in the Holy Spirit, we're gifted and equipped so that we can take the skill that God has given us and we can give it over gratefully, joyfully, eagerly back to the Lord in service to Him. Here's another thing that Paul says to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 2 in describing what it is to have new life in Christ. Listen to what he says. He says, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. In this, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship. Different Bible translators will take that word and they've, they've described it as we are God's masterpieces. We are God's artistry. That God has a particular reason for forming and shaping you in the way that He has and is. Here's what he says. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So even right now, God is out ahead of you preparing good works that He desires for you to do. Not necessarily for others in the church always, but God is equipping and skillfully placing in you things that He wants you to do in advance. He's preparing the opportunity while He's also preparing you. And at the right time, He brings those together. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So where do we start? It begins with the desire to serve God with everything that we are and everything that we have. And if you're sitting here today and you say, well, that sounds pretty good, but I don't really know what that means. I I just want to invite you to pray. Pray today and throughout the week that God might give you a willing heart to come to a place of being willing to surrender everything that you have into His good purpose for His kingdom's use and watch what He will do. Pray that God would help you have an attitude of availability that you withhold nothing from God should He ask it of you because everything is joyfully and willingly given over to Him. I want to encourage you today to appreciate the areas where God has made you skillful and work to maximize those for the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you today to welcome opportunities down the road when, when needs are expressed, opportunities to serve are expressed. Perhaps it's not an area where you've ever served before, but I want to encourage you to think about in the future praying that God, if He's pleased, might equip you for that new task. Perhaps He would gift you particularly for a future task. I'm not certain that God gifts, gifts us 20, 30 years ago and that our gifts remain static for the rest of our lives. I think God looks down on the church and He knows the needs of the church and He will raise up servants equipped for those particular purposes and at different seasons of your life. You may find yourself equipped for things that you have never felt drawn to before or prepared to enter into work that you've never, never done before. But you're invited to consider praying that God, if He's pleased, might give you the heart, a willing heart to step into new areas of service. You have on your stewardship commitment card that Stephen mentioned earlier, certainly one part and a big part is the financial thing that we want to encourage you to be praying about between now and October 1st. 
But on the back of this is an equally important part, and it's an opportunity and an invitation for you to be praying about ways where you could serve. And this isn't an exhaustive list, but ways where God might want to employ your life in a way that honors Him and brings glory to Him. Being willing and able. Some of you by now have read the letter that came with the stewardship cards. And we made mention, and it's, it's worth repeating today, of this idea of blending willingness and ability. I've, I've been so blessed in these recent months in watching especially Cal and Aaron and Charles and Herb Drake at work around this building, doing things that often go unnoticed, managing projects, repairing stairs, replacing things. It's been so wonderful to see both a willing heart to serve God and the particular skills and abilities that God's allowed them to bring to bear and to bring together for His good purpose. And I know many others uh, are doing the same. I've been so blessed this past year in watching Caroline Talbot at work every Sunday morning, getting up early, coming and preparing coffee, getting the donuts out, making sure they're ordered. Michelle's been a big part of that as well. Uh, staying late after everybody's gone home, doing dishes. Uh, these are just a few that are so important. And I want you to know uh, there are many others, of course. Dozens of you, I know, do similar things. Dozens of you in- engage a heart of willingness and give your abilities over to the Lord. But I want you to know particularly, you're going to be hearing more now that we've got our great kitchen, our new little kitchenette uh, ready. Uh, Thanks again to Herb and Charles and Cal and Aaron particularly. Uh, We're going to be uh, now calling you if you're interested in being part of of our fellowship team, maybe having a role as a greeter at the front door. There's going to be some new opportunities to serve in that way, to help uh, provide and prepare coffee and those types of things, to help continue to extend and expand what we're able to do in both welcoming you and being a really warm presence for people when they come limping off of the street, out of their lives, needing the grace of God, that they can be met with His grace and love right at the front door. So you'll be hearing more about that. If you would uh, like to uh, participate in that, go ahead and contact Michelle or uh, seek to find out some questions about that. So we wanted to give you today just some tangible um, uh, stepping off points. If you're prayerfully considering how God would have you serve in the coming months, we we need your service. Um, God invites your service. And uh, together, with both willing, willing hearts and able bodies, as God would allow us, we can serve Him for His glory and for our good. Let's pray. God, we thank You for this morning and for Your Word. And we thank You for the, uh, the opportunities that You give each of us to come to new life in You and then to watch the way in Your shaping of our new life that You equip and prepare us for the work that You're doing in advance. We want to know and appreciate even more how, how in the world I and we can be Your masterpieces. Help us to understand more of what that even means. Teach us. Help us to embrace that as our identity because that is who we are. How great is the love that You, Father, have lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is just what we are. We are your masterpieces created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that you in advance have prepared for us. Help us to step into those joyfully, willingly, eagerly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
We're going to stand. We're going to sing our closing hymn this morning. If there's any, any decision today that you need to make before the church, you're invited to come as together we stand and we sing.